Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, December the 11th, 2023. It is the second Monday of Advent, and our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Luke. One day as Jesus was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of God has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God. And struck with awe, they said, we have seen incredible things today. So, there is an important thing that happens in this reading, and I don't think, especially when it comes to Jesus, nothing happens just by chance. At the beginning of the reading, Jesus is talking with some of the religious leaders, and he's teaching them. They're discussing truth. They're discussing the mysteries of God, and then he decides to show them, because nothing happens without God's permission. Nothing happens well. I mean, God has to give permission for all things to happen, and sometimes it's even his direct intended will that things happen. And so the man is lowered in on the stretcher, this very popular story where they can't get to Jesus physically because of the crowd, so they go above him, they go through the roof, they raise the roof for this man, they let him down. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And he wants them to argue. He wants them, not that he intends them to be in error, but he, he stirs things up. Jesus purposely stirs things up. He gets the dialogue going. Who can forgive sins other than God? And then Jesus says, well, which is easier to say, right? But to show you that I have authority to forgive sins... Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man rises, and he's miraculously cured. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how there's this connection between teaching, healing, and the forgiveness of sins. I'm reminded, I don't know why, it's not directly related to the message of the day, but I guess it is because it just shows how all three are connected. Uh, I was teaching a group of students once, and I had, all together, I had about 90. It was three groups of 30. And I told them the story and showed them the video of Father Stephen Shire, who was a priest that had a near-death experience where Jesus condemned him to hell, and the Blessed Mother intervened at the last minute and said, let's send him back, let's give him special graces, and Jesus obeyed his mother. They sent him back, and then he uh, changed his life, 
And I don't know if he's still with us today. This was a little while back, but he, uh, he changed his life. He became a very devout priest, very devoted to Our Lady, very devoted to preaching the truth. And this is what he's done since that experience. Before that experience, he was living a lackadaisical priesthood. And he was not working hard for the Lord, and he was not a man of prayer. And this is why the Lord condemned him to hell, because he was using the graces of the priesthood to meet his own selfish, personal human needs and not to spread the gospel. This is uh, why when people do get ordained, they need to do it with fear and trembling. I mean, any even our baptism, we must do with fear and trembling, but especially if you take on a special office in the church, especially ordination, uh, there's a lot of uh, obligations that come with it. Anyway, uh, my students the next day, we had a retreat and they didn't, I had a couple priests there to hear confessions and they didn't expect that all 90 kids were going to go to confession. It was something like 81 <laughs> went to confession that day. Normally you'd have a very small percentage, but they couldn't believe how many kids went to confession. But that's the thing. When we learn truth, we turn away from sin. Truth and turning away from sin go hand in hand. Devotion to Mary and truth and turning away from sin go hand in hand. And healing goes hand in hand with turning away from sin and learning the truth. All these things go hand in hand. Sometimes I encounter people that want miracles, but they're not willing to open up their hearts to the larger truths about Jesus because it means they might have to change their lives. They might have to turn away from their sins, and that can be a hard thing to do. But, hey, do we want God's grace or not? And I, I guess we just have to be there with the people, for the people, trying to uh, ease the transition for them in, in whatever way we can. I was... Um, also reminded there's a great book that I love to read that really just has a lot of great information in it. It's by Francis McNutt. Uh, it's funny. I mean, just a quick little introduction to who he is. He was in the active Catholic priesthood, left, got married, and he and his wife started a healing ministry. And, you know, we could argue about, all right, what are the circumstances of his leaving the priesthood, blah, blah, blah. We we really shouldn't judge. I mean, but who knows? Who knows exactly? And that's between him and the Lord. But the Lord continued to use him and work through him in miraculous ways uh, and that he and his wife started this healing ministry and they've just helped hundreds of thousands of people, honestly, maybe millions, who knows, with their healing ministry. He died not too long ago. She's still alive and still runs the ministry. Um. But there's a couple examples in his book. He wrote an excellent book about healing and all the different types of healing. And he does the same thing. He connects them all. I wanted to just read two brief little passages here. One is, in my, and this is uh, Healing, page 136. In my own ministry, <clears throat> I have seen the connection borne out between physical healing and forgiveness of sins in striking ways. Once while giving a retreat... In Illinois, I gave a talk stressing the need to forgive enemies. I then gave the people, some 200 were making the retreat, the time to pray and forgive anyone who had ever hurt them. The communal penance was followed by a prayer for inner healing. Nowhere in this service did I mention physical healing. Yet two persons testified immediately afterwards that they had received physical cures. One was a man who had suffered from constant chest pain since undergoing open-heart surgery. 
During the time for forgiveness, when he was also asked to think of someone who had hurt him, he thought of his boss, a man he despised and regarded as totally unfair. At first, he didn't feel like forgiving him, but then, during a long time of silence, he finally entered into a prayer of forgiveness. At the very same moment, all the painful effects of the open-heart surgery left him. A similar thing happened in July 1973 when I conducted a repentance service um, at a camp. Afterwards, a young woman came up to me and said that a cyst had instantly disappeared at the moment she was able to repent of a long-standing grudge. And then a couple pages later, he writes, I remember being asked by a woman to pray for an inner healing. When we talked about her childhood, she indicated that her deepest problem, an unreasoning hatred of men, including her husband, went back to the harsh treatment and derision that her brothers heaped upon her as a little girl. See, this is there's so much psychosexual healing that needs this kind of prayer. Before praying for inner healing, I asked her to forgive her brothers. This she refused to do. I told her that this would block any healing. Still, she refused. When I asked her why she hung on to the resentment, even though she was being destroyed by it, she thought for a while and then replied that if she forgave her brothers, it would take away her last excuse for being the harsh kind of person she was. She could no longer blame them. After praying a short time more, she realized how contrary this was to her Christian commitment and to her professed desire to be whole. With tears, she forgave her brothers as best she could. Then she received the deep healing she was seeking. To sum it up, and then he gets into a little bit of a different topic here, the more I pray with people for healing, the more I discover the close interrelation between all forms of healing. In other words, there's physical sickness, there's spiritual sickness that has to do with getting rid of sin and also perhaps some deliverance involved there uh, from evil spirits. Um, In addition to those types of healing, there's also emotional healing. Um, Yeah, I pretty much just named the four. (laughs) So we, uh, you know, we as ministers, once again, need to help people to make these connections and pray with these people. But yes, the forgiveness of sins is crucial. And I get the feeling this is what's going on in this gospel reading. Jesus isn't just trying to make a point. uh, Because remember, why did Jesus come? He came to heal us, it's true, and, and you know he loved healing people. You know he, it gave him great joy to heal this paralytic on the mat. But the real reason he came was to get us to heaven by the forgiveness of our sins. So if they go together, great. <laughs> That's the way we're made. And who knows the origin of the physical sickness. It could have something to do with sin. It could have something to do with a lack of forgiveness. Who knows? But Jesus healed the man of both, and in the same time, he's teaching as he's doing it. And hopefully there are conversions. Conversion of the heart needs to go together with conversion of the mind. Sometimes you only get one and not the other. I argue all the time with so many people that are quote-unquote Christian and Catholic and traditional Catholic and this and that, and they think they know all the answers, um, and yet they're bitter. They're bitter. They can be nasty. Because they're holding on to resentments and they're holding on to a pride that says, hey, everybody, look at me, how holy I am. Or, <laughs> you know, And we know this, there's all kinds of scriptural evidence that shows that Jesus does not want us to be this way. That, you know, like the, uh, 
the uh, the publican in the story, the publican versus the tax collector, where he says, I'm so glad, Lord, I'm not miserable like these other people, that I'm not a sinner like these other people. When in reality, it's only in our sins and in our weakness that we can lay a claim to God's almighty power and his forgiveness. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.